Hello, hello, and welcome to Plastic, Plastic Climate, Climate Future.com. We did it, man. We're getting better. I mean, we are getting better. Next Ready. year, we've got the Grammys. Ready? Yeah, yeah it's, it's Thursday sure. night again. I think people will realize. So how how are you all doing? Welcome to the Plastic Climate Future podcast tonight again, where we engage into trustful discussions around plastics, climate, and our future. And today, I think we are here with a guest that uh, will tell us plenty of things that refer to all three of those actually, plastics, climate, and the future. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Mr. Jörg Durstein. He's the CEO or, yeah, the CEO of a young company called Biofiber. Welcome, wow. Jörg. Welcome. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me on this podcast. Thank you very much. I, I, I actually just, just thought when I when I saw the initials, like, can we have you ever been called JD? Uh, DJ, actually. DJ. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, Mr. DJ. <laughs> well, by the way, I think just to, we, we have to warn our, our listeners tonight, um, like a, a real sincere warning to everyone. Jörg is also a chemist, so now oh. we are three chemists sitting here, which okay. means that it might become very, very nerdy tonight. But anyways, yes. <laughs> let, us, let us leave it to Jörg to, <laughs> to introduce himself as well. And uh, what I know is that you actually started very early to be interested in the environment because you did a bachelor in uh, Innsbruck in uh, geology and material science. And then you switched to bio-based polymers and renewable resources for your master. So uh, the first question would be, was this on purpose or you were just following a certain flow? Yeah, <laughs> thank you for the introduction. Uh, that's um, actually um, the way how I came uh, to biofiber and uh, the whole whole way uh, was uh, not the straight line, I guess. Uh, and uh, this is sometimes the case in life, I guess. Uh, yeah. I just uh, started um, after uh, making my my high school uh, with a, a let's say a social year for the for the uh, government, and uh, I was a little bit lost. I don't didn't know what to do, but. I knew that I want to do something uh, related to the environment because already back then there were, um, uh, yeah, obvious um, uh, tragedies uh, going on in the environment. And when you go to, to when, you, when you went to to countries and um, you, you saw that there is something wrong uh, concerning forests and, and pollution and so on. But uh, in the beginning, I just thought about yeah, let's let's do something about. Um, geosciences and about um, what is going on with the atmosphere, which was very interesting for me because I wanted to understand better uh, why we uh, are facing uh, yeah some some threats for for our uh, yeah living beings and uh, for our environment. 
So I started the, the study in, in Innsbruck um, uh, out of two reasons. Uh, one reason was certainly going skiing, uh, because at that time I was very, very into skiing. I understand this one. <laughs> But the other reason was definitely because there was this um, certain, um, uh, let's say, um, global uh, study about uh, geosciences and atmospheric sciences, which I found very interested because I didn't know exactly what I want, want to do. Mm. But during this time, I um, understood that I'm more into materials somehow. Uh, I was interested in the, the geosciences as well, but I was interested into materials and this in particular into to hybrid materials, biohybrid materials. And that's uh, why I got the link to my second uh, education. Um, so it was somehow the combination of um, organic material substances uh, with uh, polymeric systems um, or inorganic uh, substances with polymeric uh, substances. And uh, I found uh, one uh, chair at the university, technical university in Munich, uh, which is very into it. And uh, I changed the, the university. So back to my hometown, uh, home country, let's say. Mm. Um, and uh, now I am uh, very happy to, to have taken this step because it's the right field for me. Uh, I made another uh, transition to organic chemistry, mm. but um, uh, this is how it came uh, forward, uh, as I said, but uh, yeah, I'm happy now. Wow. <laughs> Just... Yeah, Man, so I'm in a passion yeah, story, I think. Mm. Passion. <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm just, uh, I'm very, very uh, related to the environment. Uh, I grew up in a small town in Bavaria where the people are really wearing the lederhosen uh, and, uh, and uh, making uh, finger wrestling and stuff like this. So uh, I'm very into, into nature. And um, uh, when uh, I traveled a lot, and uh, back in uh, 2010, I was traveling as well to, to Indonesia, Bali, and I saw the, the, the big, uh, yeah, the trash uh, that you can almost walk on the water and stuff like this. Um, this made me uh, waking up and uh, saying, wow. yeah, like in a fairy tale, somehow uh, you have to do something against it. Um, let's, let's work on it. And um, That's uh, how I came to be an assistant at the university um, for biogenic polymers in Munich. And um, then I was working there for four years, I guess. And then I made the step to Biofiber, my uh, current company. Mm. That's, man, what, what, what a story. I mean, uh, I mean, this is so interesting. And uh, in, 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 uh, the life you've, you've left, lived so far, so much you've put into it. It's really so cool. Uh, I have to say, uh, I have to make one edit, uh, correction uh, when, when we talk about three chemists. I mean, this is in both uh, uh, for all of our this is in our common interest for me to clarify this. You'll understand. Uh, actually, we got two chemists here and one chemical engineer. Okay, so, yeah, no, I so I, I, we just need to make that clear, you know, uh, that that uh, never ending know. battle. I don't know who needs to bow to who, you know. I mean, if you look at Big Bang Theory about making fun of engineers and pure scientists. But, well, we but, have three know, nerds. Uh, 
We have three nerds. <laughs> we have three nerds, that's for sure. Cool yeah. but, but we're going to step out and say to the whole public that's listening out there, we're three cool nerds, that's for sure. Yeah. We're going to stand by that together. We have that in common. So, so hey, uh, yeah, just I'm going to turn this back over to Matt because, he, he, man, he's the expert in these materials from, from, from if you look at him and I. Yeah, but but just uh, getting into a little bit about, about bioplastics and compo biocomposites and so on. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I consider myself a relative novice in, in bioplastics. I know something about PLA. I know something about, uh, what is it, the, the um, PHA uh, materials from, from, uh, from, from, from some companies. I know something about that. I know some about composites and biocomposites, but in comparison to Matt, I mean, I'm, I'm just a novice. Uh, so, so can you guys, uh, you know, both you chemists, talk a little bit about this. I'm going to be quiet and just kind of listen and let you guys have a conversation. Here, so, yeah, I think now that we have an expert here, the the it would be also good to uncover the myths around biopolymers. And what are these? And I think that's that's an, an interesting entry uh, yeah, entry point into the whole topic that we want to cover later on. Um, so maybe from your point of view, Jörg, what is the difference between bioplastics, biocomposites, and biodegradable composites? Yeah, actually, um, <laughs> it's uh, it's I a test now. <laughs> it's a very, very broad field, um, uh, and it's not easy uh, to know where to start and to start the discussion. But uh, John um, um, uh, coined another term somehow, it's biopolymers, and uh, this is what we are made of somehow. We talk about the DNA, it's a biopolymer actually. It's a long, long chain of different molecules or monomers uh, when you put it chemically. And uh, the, the same is, is true for bioplastics, but bioplastics is another. Uh, level of, of uh, somehow uh, definition of uh, material or uh, um, uh, yeah a matter somehow and so a bioplastic is, is already something which you can uh, uh, which was tuned to be um, processed or to, to be processable and um, to have certain um, uh, properties so um, you go to the next level. So you have to differentiate, uh, in my view, between the biopolymers and, and the bioplastics, which is frequently confused somehow. Um, and um, uh, then you go to the next level when you combine those um, bioplastics with uh, um, certain fibers or mineral fillers to impart strength or stiffness and so on. You, you um, call them biocomposites, and um, yeah, and this is as well a broad field because biocomposites can can be um, thermoplastic. You can um, reheat them and and and, and recycle them uh, frequent times. But um, yeah, as you know, there are different biocomposites which cannot be recycled or easily that easily. Mm -hmm. um, so, to to put it short, uh, the definition uh, of those. For for uh, yeah um, terms terms yeah yeah I mean wow I just tip my hat to you Sarah as far as uh, the, this discipline to clarity of definition of terms because <laughs> I think I think that's critically important I I I'm, I can be sloppy on these things especially in areas I don't know a lot about which is a very wide swath of existence for me uh, uh, and so so this is really good to have this because uh, especially anything that has the prefix bio these days. Uh, it, is it, it follows that that uh, needs 
clarity and definition of terms and so yes. so you know mm. i like this comparison of uh to dna actually um, mm, and, and that we're we're made out of biopolymers and i think this is yeah. something that uh, i recently saw at my mom's place there was some some uh, uh herbs in the kitchen and it, on the package it was saying without chemicals <laughs> I was like yeah well in the end it's wrong like it's also all chemicals right yeah, <laughs> yeah but um just to to also maybe talk a bit more about the company that uh, that that you're leading now um in two, and and I think this is also an interesting um uh, bridge to the biopolymer topic because I was uh of course uh, reading a bit uh, on the internet before uh developing these questions but uh in 2019 I know that you received the Biopolymer Innovation Award for a product called EcoSpacer. Yes. So the question would be, first of all, what, what is the product? Uh, why is it cool? <laughs> and what potentials uh, do such applications have in, in, in terms of uh, environmental issues? And, and can we learn something from it for, for the plastic industry? Or can we take some uh, learnings uh, and, and transfer them on, on how to deal with plastics in the future? So uh, this, this question leads me to the question you, you mentioned before and I didn't answer. It's the biodegradable biomaterials somehow. Mm -hmm. So EcoSpacer um, uh, <clears throat> is a solution for this uh, problem, environmental problem of being non-biodegradable. So um, to, to sum up, um, in the concrete industry, you pile slags of, of, of concrete stones on, on pallets uh, after production. And um, each layer has to be separated by a certain uh, spacer somehow. And this spacer um, guarantees that there is aeration and uh, there is somehow um, a prohibition of, of efflorescence. So you, you pro prohibit somehow that there is somehow um, um, stains on the stones and, and, and white spots um, after you, you uh, made them on the, on the floor. <laughs> and, uh, you definitely, as far as I understood, you need those uh, spacers for uh, having a good result after um, being uh, piled uh, at the concrete yeah. site somehow. And back in uh, 2000... Concrete casting. Pardon? Is, is this called concrete casting? Yeah, yeah, that's it. That's it. That's it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I searched for the right uh, term, yeah. Um, and uh, back in 2016, um, the, the situation was that uh, they used uh, LDPE um, granulate material from the, yeah, at least from the from the uh, dual system in Germany, uh, where they use um, um, recycled materials for this um, for this application. And uh, for sure, they say uh, the, the the men who are uh, tasking this concrete uh, on the contact, uh, construction site should um, somehow um, um, gather all those uh, granulates and uh, um, yeah um, put it into the, the the bin and not uh, into environment. But in the end, uh, nobody really took care, and, and still that doesn't take care. So uh, one businessman, a partner of us, uh, with whom we made this uh, development together, uh, the company Remai BPB. Um, to, to name it for short, um, they uh, came to the idea, hey, this is, there is something going wrong and it's, it's a big environmental problem. 
Um, they uh, introduced like, uh, I think 2000 tons each year into the environment. Um, it's uh, incredibly much, 2000 uh, tons of granulate material being introduced into the environment. And um, so he uh, searched for, for a partner and uh, luckily he went across us. And um, then we made uh, a long journey of um, R&D. Um, you just think now probably, okay, it's just a granulate material. It doesn't have to be or anything. It's, it's, it's really nothing. But in the end, it was quite, uh, quite uh, challenging because you talk about being um, um, resistant against um, uh, basic conditions during applications, but in the end, it should biodegrade in soil. This is really uh, something which is not easy to fulfill. So it has like, and in many application where it comes down to biodegradability during lifetime or service time, you need to have a stable mat material or, or product. And uh, after uh, introduction into the environment, it should biodegrade first problem somehow to be solved um, then there were some other uh, like shape there has to be a right shape that it's not like a, a bearing or something that the stones doesn't uh, um, uh, swipe uh, or, or um, move away during transportation um, then the right size and so on and so on and so on so um, uh, now <laughs> We talk about the version 21, uh, Ecospacer 21. So you can imagine uh, that there was some steps to be done. And even during um, uh, the, the reselling, uh, the selling uh, uh, period, we had to, to learn a lot. Uh, but we are happy we found a solution now. And uh, back in uh, 2019, we won uh, two prizes for this, uh, for this uh -huh. um, invention. And um, we were quite happy. Uh, at least there was a from the price uh, we we could uh, buy a coffee machine. So. <laughs> <laughs> was it was it a coffee machine out of biodegradable plastic as well? Uh, I guess not. I guess <laughs> or at not. least biodegradable uh, capsules or something. Uh, it was the the heat resistance why we couldn't uh, provide materials. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I think that's 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 interesting because in the. Um, that's uh, one way to, you know, uh, investigate these kind of solutions is also to to minimize uh, plastic waste in the end. Because if in some of these cases, you don't need to have uh, 20 years of durability. You just need it, uh, especially in the construction industry. You have very short-term usage and so on. But I think what is interesting in this context is the whole topic around... Um, ocean plastics and microplastics um and and what what i found intriguing is uh, if you look at your website it says why biofiber and um it explains or it talks a lot about a special recipe <laughs> to minimize plastic waste um is this kind of also an intrinsic motivation um, for 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 biofiber, or, or or maybe even for you personally, just to to look into solutions specifically that minimize plastic waste? And how do you see the potential of these biodegradable applications? Because it's still not many, right? We don't have truly yeah. biodegradable applications in. Uh, um. Yeah, I'm, I'm completely with you. Then um, um, right now we 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 need to define what makes sense um, when it comes down to biodegradability due to um, economic uh, 
aspects and so on and so on and so on. Probably we can talk about later uh, what I think of the future will be. But right now, I think those those projects uh, for us as a company, those projects where the biodegradability is a really um, the core or the, the somehow the the key mm. um, has have to be find uh, uh, found have to be defined and have to be worked on. And uh, there are a lot out there when you come to the forestry industry, when you come down to the agriculture industry, you find a lot of applications where there is um, uh, non-arbitrary uh, introduction into our environment. So um, those projects are right now the projects which we are working on very intensively. Um, uh, but uh, when you uh, when we come back to the special recipe, yes, um, mm. we try to to find solutions. As I told before, you have conflicting um, targets uh, in the material that should withstand uh, mechanical forces or weathering or yeah, a lot of things. And uh, but in the end, it should biodegrade. Uh, uh, the best would be, and the holy grail is the uh, seawater. Um, and uh, this is somehow for us our ip that we define uh, what are the circumstances during lifetime mm -hmm. and what are the circumstances uh, probably probable circumstances during biodegradability mm -hmm. and um, we um, <clears throat> formulate the recipe um, by um, imparting fertilizers uh, that are released um, after um, uh, service life somehow Due to an external uh, stimuli, um, like like weathering or water content or a pH value and so on, and this is what what we are um, calling a special recipe that we can tune biodegradability. Can, can, can I can I jump in here? That I mean, I just just I've been listening and just just fascinated with the I mean, just the level of uh, expertise here. It's just it's really. You know, I'm the I'm the engineer learning from the chemist here, guys. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, a, a few things. Uh, you, you talk about the recipe. Uh, just I want I want to kind of use a a, a, a metaphor here of, of like a, that an engineer would use, a chemical engineer in particular. Uh, you know, can can you kind of take uh your, what you've just talked about here and, and extend it and and and, uh, and and using the metaphor of like. Uh, what knobs do you have to turn to 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 get to the to, to it sounds like you're like tailoring biodegradability for the for the need so so uh, if how do you what knobs are you able to turn to to, to tailor that biodegradability uh, if that's possible to put it in that kind of metaphor and then and then also when you talk about the holy grail being biodegradability and seawater that that brings me back to uh, I was talking about the biopolymer PHA, polyhydroxyalkanoates family. Uh, I, I, I can pronounce that term when I read it and, and remember it from Google. Uh, and, and I actually have looked into this and know uh, some of the companies that, that are doing this. You know, the uh, uh, Kaneka from, from Japan is one. And uh, what's the company uh, uh, from, from uh, the Southeast U.S.? Uh, scientific. Danimer. Yeah, down on scientific. I, I know, uh, I know, I know. Well, I know the whole sea level there, mm -hmm. uh, and, and uh, so I know something about PHA, and I know that for them, with PHA as a biopolymer, that one of their leading edge value prop messages is the biodegradability in seawater. So, so anyway, with all this context, 
what knobs do you have to turn without without you know you know breaking any rules of uh, uh, that this is a, a made for family audience <laughs> and also tell tell us something about this. Well, I want that it's going to be nerdy. So. <laughs> Be, go back to being nerdy, man. Come on, well, I, I already said it's gonna be nerdy, so yeah. we can we can we can raise Nerd the out, level man. slightly above family friendly <laughs> in terms of chemistry. <laughs> go for it. Let's try to keep it simple somehow. Um, you asked for a metaphor um, for the tunability of the biodegradation. So if you if you talk about um, biodegradation, I sometimes think about the, the chestnut somehow. Um, chestnut is not uh, um, something which is um, doing anything uh, unless you somehow um, soak it with water and then something mm -hmm. is growing out. So if you put it on the on the window uh, blank uh, whatsoever or on a table, you can uh, put it there for I think 20, 30 years and it almost doesn't change any shape and probably mm -hmm. it gets a little bit harder, but it, that's it. Mm -hmm. So um, this is what I see uh, in uh, biodegradation and, uh, and even I think, uh, I don't know, what is the chestnut just on a, on, a, on a very unfertile, infertile ground, I think nothing happens. So it needs soil, uh, it needs microorganisms, it needs some uh, habitat, it needs some nutrients. So this is for me the metaphor, the best metaphor which we can uh, put. And um, mm, mm, But yeah. in the end, there are shades of gray somehow with the biodegradation, as you know, and you mentioned some, some uh, family members of the biodegradable materials like PLA and so on. And there are certainly their benefits when it comes down to CO2 savings and um, as well um, degradation in uh, industrial composting situation. Um, there can be very, very uh, nice uh, closed loops where there is, for example, um, um, uh, meals or uh, mm -hmm. uh, and, and so on uh, on on the tableware where you can say okay this is a nice solution with PLA and but in the end um, there is a confusion at the um, um, at the the the, the, the user user level somehow uh, consumer level um, that mm -hmm. they don't know what to do it's called biodegradable material so what mm -hmm. should I do with it can I throw mm -hmm. it into nature and um, yeah. Then you mentioned the family of PHA. Um, yeah. This is for me somehow the sleeping giant, actually. Uh, there are some obstacles still. Um, you know better, you're an engineer, chemist engineer, and the processability of this, these materials are not the very best. It um, can be better, so let's say. Mm -hmm. um, but um, I think um, this can be the solution for the future. Wow! What wow. solution? Well, that, I've that, heard this already. Yeah. Also, I've I've heard yeah. the same already from from this family. Um, I'm I'm having my eyes on this. I think it's it's quite interesting. Um, wow. But as you just said, I think there is, I, I certainly also agree with the fact that there is so much confusion about it, because first of all, you have like what you just explained, there's so much high tech in so much high tech actually involved into these granules <laughs> to, to tune them. That's why it's no wonder that it took you 20, 21 iterations to come to the Ecospacer yeah. version of today. Um, <clears throat> but I think the 
because you have so many parameters and because you have this possibilities to to with with knowledge chemical know-how and possibility to tune the properties it's also i mean it's also difficult to find an, an easy way to communicate this biodegradability topic and also the potentials and also because there is of course a lot of lobbyism in in the end behind it you need to have customers that want that understand the technology so that they buy it <laughs> of course otherwise you're not gonna you're not gonna scale it in the end so i think that's that's um that's one one very challenging thing and uh that's why maybe there is quite a discourse around uh, also the topics of biopolymers with uh, with uh, a lot of these pros and cons in the end so um now that we have a specialist uh, <laughs> where Jörg, do you personally see the disadvantages and where do you see the real advantages if you like we say 20 or 30 years from now on like let's say you have the possibility to wish yourself like kind of yeah there will be some some great breakthroughs that i believe in and they're going to happen so like where 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 do you think is going the journey might lead us yeah actually um let's 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 start from 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 history or uh, there have been uh, different um ep, uh, do it, do it uh, what is the name? Epochs. <laughs> and uh, now we are at the plastic age. And it's very sad that we are at the plastic age because actually we there are remains of, of our societies and our cultures which stay there for the next 100 uh, to 500 to 1000 years. And um, uh, this is what I think is not the right uh, uh, way to do because uh, it's not only that uh, we have some uh, yeah, things uh, being left behind, but um, they release uh, toxic um, uh, substances and um, the introduction into our um, uh, environments is a really, really uh, big concern for um, chemists, for biologists, for, for um, uh, nut nutritions, for, for doctors and so on. So, um, and in the end, uh, I think we are losing our uh, natural habitats. And um, this is something we have to all work on. And if you come to the end and think about everything till the end. And I think, and I know that we have to circulate the materials and we have to circulate and circulate and circulate and as well the PE, PE, PP and so on. But if you think about the end, all those materials have to be biodegradable because I think that there is always um, introduction into natural environment. So probably it's not the time to, to really um, stress this point uh, so much, but um, when you talk about the 10 or 20 years, all materials which we create should be biodegradable and should vanish by time. So um, this is my believing um, in the end. And uh, then uh, the next uh, point is um, when you talk about the recycling systems, um, you have to always refill this system and it should be refilled by CO2 efficient measures. So um, no matter what you do, 
um, you should make it at least CO2 uh, efficient or um, CO2, um, let's say, net zero. And um, this is my uh, personal point of view. And there are certainly applications where you say that those are durable goods and we don't need the biodegradation. Okay, I'm okay. But when it comes down to packaging and all those things which are uh, in contact with human beings, um, I'm very sure that they will be biodegradable one day. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry, I, I was laughing because you, uh, I, I, well, I, I'm fascinated by what you're saying here. Some of it I, I would uh, I would like to in, continue on a, a longer conversation on because to learn more and, and uh, not not necessarily to challenge you, but to have a, a conversation about that. Yeah. Uh, but but it, I found it I, I kind of laughed a little bit because <laughs> when you said you know. Uh, laying out what you, you you say we should achieve and you say well at least that zero as if that's easy <laughs> at least that zero it's like oh, we should be at least we should do this and this and this and at least be at net zero like you know yeah. uh, i mean you, you uh you know um uh, these things uh this is this is part of why we're here this is a lot uh easy to say hard to do yeah. uh, when, when you scale it to the human race and, and so so, uh, you know, uh, I think this is part of what, uh, you know, so just a little comment on that. So. Yeah, but I think what, what, what comes out in the end uh, from, from this explanation about the potential of bioplastics and the developments, and, and now that we talk so much about circular economy, I think mm -hmm. this is, in the end, we don't know what's going to happen exactly, which type of technologies will survive from today and which will, will be established for the next couple of decades. Um, but I think from what we learned today is that bioplastics and biopolymers have certainly a great circular potential if we want mm -hmm. to move into circular economy. There are still obstacles. There are still things that that need to be overcome. But um, that's pretty clear from this discussion today that this circular economy um, shift and biopolymers will somehow go together. Right? Mm. Um, yeah. One 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 thing I that that I wanted to ask coming slowly to the end is. Um, because that's that's what we just touched upon. Like it's there is a lot of confusion. Like you know, we need to also educate. We need to communicate, and so and and and, and create the awareness in the general public as well. Um, what do you think can be done from an industrial point of view to open up uh, these kind of discussions? Do we need more science involved? Do we need more politics, more industry platforms, yeah. more interdisciplinary discussions, um, or maybe legislation from from, Def from definitely a little bit of everything? But what I wished and uh, what why, what I see as well uh, in, in a very very um, slight steps. Uh, is the um, the brand owners? Um, mm -hmm. I wish that they are more courageous. That they they push a little bit more. It would be great mm -hmm. because all the others, like the machinery specialists and um, all the converters and so on, they say, yeah, but the brand owner doesn't want to have it. So uh, someone has to 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 
to make the first step and i think and uh, i think uh, matt you made the um, surveys and so on the consumers are ready they are ready yeah. they are willing to pay more they yeah. are really willing to to get mm -hmm. other solutions co2 efficient solutions and uh, probably yeah. biodegradable solutions but um i am very sure that they have to be the first movers and not politicians yes um because the thing with the politics is um that if they make a decision it's not something which the the uh, entrepreneurs can rely on uh, and they don't make their business according to politician uh, political decisions yeah. mm, mm, mm. why i think that uh, brand owners are the key they have to make yeah. the first steps and big brand owners i i i i, I, I would jump in and say i agree with you on that Jorge. that i, also love it. I mean yeah i mean the brand owners <laughs> the brand owners are i mean are the ones with the with the money in the in the value chain uh, i mean you'd say say that the government is but it's actually the brand owners uh they they, they call the tune yeah uh and, and uh, I, I agree with you what i what i say is 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 i mean i'm sure you you would you could cite many examples too is that brand owners are are have you know we can cite many 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 examples of where they are stepping up uh but 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 they they, they need to step up more and also uh, people like you and companies like yours and uh, Matt with his interests, me with my interests, uh, uh, our, our place in the, in, in, the, in the value chains that we're, we're involved with uh, need, need also to, to keep pushing to develop technologies and solutions. You know, the brand owners are part of the issue with the brand owners is like, yeah, give us solutions. Uh, mm -hmm. and, and so, so it's it's a it's a mix of all of us doing this together, including the brand owners. Yeah. Um, to to come back to the point, uh, uh, the 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 point which I mentioned before, what we need is now capacities. You know, it's it's somehow the the hen and duck, uh, the hen and egg. Yeah, chicken and egg. Yeah, right. chicken <laughs> egg. Uh, it's um, what comes first. So we need the big capacities, and who can make the capacity, or who can uh, uh, invest into big capacities? It's the brand owners. So. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, they have to they have the clients they have the products and they have the money <laughs> so this is for me uh, a big key for for mm -hmm. converting all this uh, system to buy no i certainly agree i think this is a good one um yeah uh, great i think uh this was a great discussion um and now let's come to, to a little fun part uh, at the end of, uh, of today's discussion, which is uh, our classic Glam and Future playlist. And I think I told you already about it. So we have a little playlist on Spotify and we ask all our guests to name two or three songs that we can place on this playlist, which is kind of connected to either you, your person, your the topic that we talked about, or just like something that you would want others to listen to more often. Did you think about it? Okay, yes, I thought about it. And uh, actually, uh, the, the first song is very easy for me because it's the favorite song of my four-year-old boy. It's uh, <laughs> uh, Buffalo Soldier from Bob Marley. Oh, great. Oh, super. I love Bob Marley. Super. <laughs> uh, the second one would be from uh, Foo Fighters, yeah. The Pretender. Ah, yeah. Which is this... my favorite song for uh, skiing and, uh, and sports. This is a favorite song of my son, who is three. Ah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> what, what, what is that? I didn't hear it. I was, I was Foo talking. Foo Fighters, The Pretender. 
Oh, wow. Another Foo Fighters song. We already have one. We're we already are bonded, one. man. We are bonded. <laughs> the very first song in the playlist is Everlong by Foo Fighters. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, so we are bonded, man. Good to, good to Yeah. Do you have one more or just two? Just two. Just okay, two. Okay, great, great. I think this is a great choice. Well, Jörg, um, it was a real pleasure, I must say, and I think it was a great discussion that we had today, especially a, ver a very educating one, um, not only for us, <laughs> but I guess also for, for uh, all our listeners. And um, yeah, let's let's talk in uh, on the on our next uh, on on the podcast series that we will have in thirty years from now, and then let's see if you were right about your future predictions and yes. EHA, and we will check it. <laughs> All right, thanks a lot. Thank you very thank much. Thank you. Nice you. to meet you, man. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, we we'll meet the second time. I'm sure. Yes. All the best.